This podcast is made possible by Host Analytics and U.S. Bank. Hi, this is Tyler Sloat, CFO of Zuora, and you are listening to the CFO Thought Leader Podcast. This is episode 293. How as a finance leader are you driving driving change in your organization? How are you driving change within your organization? So for me, it was the recognition that we needed to do something to put the, the, the good, healthy discipline in place to maintain a positive cash flow, at least be cash breaking. And so it was time to take a pause and digest the, the hiring that we had done, you know, not the efficiencies that are introduced uh, with fast growth over time. We need add additional spend from the ground up. We question everything. Um, like I said, we didn't want to be penalized in town first, but we, we didn't want to do it right for the company, but we didn't want to spend what we didn't need to spend. So the result was uh, in a rather quick period of time, we went from burning well, probably 90-20% cash margin to being positive cash over the last couple of quarters. So when the world really comes as you speak to investors and you tell them the journey that we've taken over the past nine months, somehow, I guess on the negative side, I developed the, the nickname, the Green Reaper. I'm not quite sure how that happened, but uh, maybe that, just, that comes with the territory. That's the voice of Pete Childs, CFO of Workfront. Now, Pete was recalling how he helped turn around his firm and put it on a more profitable path to growth. A big part of that effort, as he explains, was evaluating the company's headcount. And Pete, uh, apparently, as he explained, acquired a nickname along the way. I'm going to share with you some additional thoughts uh, from Pete when it comes to workforce management, but we also have a few more CFOs for you this episode discussing this topic of employee uh, workforce management and engagement, which is clearly uh, ever more top of mind with finance leaders these days. We'll continue right after these words from our sponsor. It's no secret finance professionals are dealing with some pretty complex problems these days. Now more than ever, they need tools that can help them streamline complex workflows and focus on bigger strategic issues. By bringing your finance organization together on a single cloud platform, Host Analytics automates everyday processes that would otherwise slow you down. By streamlining your planning, modeling, consolidation, reporting, and analytics, Host helps you connect your organization so you can react more quickly to changing conditions, and make better business decisions to optimize performance. Let Host Analytics be your partner in leading the evolution of your business. Our next CFO is David Tuyo of Power Financial Credit Union. Now, this is a fast-growing firm today, and it's probably long past some of the numbers David shares with us here. Uh, but what makes his comments worth sharing again is how thoughtful uh, they are and how familiar David is with the subject area. Again, this is an area that we see more and more finance leaders really uh, getting on top of and, and studying very closely. Here's David. Our workforce is, is about 130 employees today, and those are full-time on staff. We do leverage a lot of outsource, uh, you know, ad hoc 
kind of partnerships that we have um, to manage our workflow. Um, you know, when you have overflow, when you have overtime, those kinds of things. But we have 130 uh, in-house full-time employees. We run about 20 million in annual revenue a year, and uh, and so it's a, it is a a very efficient workforce that we have here. As far as how we manage them, uh, we went through a a really uh, a complete overhaul in our mindset and how we operate a year and a half ago. So January 1st, 2015, um, we decided that we were no longer going to be using individual incentives in our performance management system. And so that's very unique in our business. Our business has gotten very much incentivized for every little thing that you do. And what we found out was in the research and surveys that our employees were becoming just merely focused on, okay, what do we have to do to generate that incentive. You know, do we, we sell this product, we get this incentive. It wasn't about the member, it wasn't about the experience. And we were losing some some vital insights into our business and into our members, into our relationships with them. And so we went to a team based uh gain share program where uh, it's paid out on a quarterly basis and the entire team is measured by the same corporate scorecard. And um our our teams reacted very well to that. And again I've already spoke to the results that we've had and um, our, our member testimonials have, have been tremendous. And so um, trying to focus more on the, on the name in the front of the jersey and on the back of the jersey has been a, a vital component of our success. Other things that we've done is that we've also put in personal development plans in the performance reviews. So instead of just going by and saying, you know, did you do this, 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 and this, uh, we are looking at them, like, what are your development plans? Where do you want to go? What is your career path? How can we support that? And we find that our employees are reacting very well to that, and they get excited about coming into work because now they're working towards something instead of just coming in and doing a job. What's the uh, uh, the talent market like for uh, Power Financial? Is it is it tough to find qualified people today, or how's it how's it working? I don't mean to laugh, but it it, it is something that we a tremendous challenge in our business. We do have. Uh, Six million people in our Tri-County area, with that being said, you think that it would be quite easy um, to, to, to find talent in our marketplace, but it's not. Um, you, know, you know, when you look at the, uh, the graduates of today coming out of the local universities, they're not going to school to become bankers. They're not going to school to become, you know, to make a difference in people's personal financial lives. They want to, you know, they want to be an engineer or they want to be a, a professor or they want to, you know, they want to go into computer science or technology, or they want to be a, a technologist of some sort, and um, or not entrepreneur, you know, marketing. Those are those are big challenges for us to find, you know, good quality talent straight out of school. Now, we are able to access talent after we see some seasoning, but um, for our higher level positions, but for entry level, it is a challenge for us to find good quality talent. And then, in, 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 on top of that, we take into account that as a financial institution, we have certain uh, requirements for bondability and so from a credit perspective um, and and that is also can be challenging as well because of what's going on with students in college today and how they're managing their their their, their personal financial lives when it comes to you know um, some of these predatory lenders that are attacking these students at a young age giving them money when they can't afford it and it really does affect their credit scores and make them uh, make it to where we are no longer able to hire them Wow. Interesting job market out there today. Our next CFO is Bill Elkin of the Interflex Group, a middle market specialty packaging firm 
Over the years, Bill has sought to pursue a larger data-driven vision for Interflex. And meanwhile, talent has become a primary concern. I'm telling you, the talent piece of business is increasingly capturing the attention of the finance leader. Here's Bill. Does the size of your workforce today, do you compare it to industry averages with competitors, or how do you, how do you know you have the right size workforce? Well, when we benchmark against other, other, people, other peers within our industry, um, which gets to be a little bit difficult because there's not sort of many middle-sized, if you will, players. There's a lot of smaller ones and then, you know, a, a few very, very large publicly traded companies. But you know, we, we do try to do that, but we also know, you know, because we have the two businesses in the U.K. as well, they all have similar equipment. So, um, you know, we sort of know what it takes to run the business. Uh, and then, you know, because we, and, and then we, you know, we look at sort of flex capacity is we've experienced somewhat increased turnover in the last, say, six to nine months is to keep sort of keep a number of people in training so that we always have enough people. And when you're running seven days a week, you know, somebody always wants some time off. So it's not as if we have idle people sitting around, but it's pretty common in our industry. You know, uh, you know, a, a certain printing press model takes, you know, two or three people to run per shift. I mean, we, we kind of look at industry standards and, you know, what the equipment manufacturers would, would recommend as well. Have you enhanced your your efforts to measure employee engagement or certain parts of the workforce? To measure that, um, I don't know that we're really measuring that well, but we certainly we we definitely have engaged them. Uh, we do these things called quarterly shoutouts, where the, the CEO, myself, and our VP of HR meet with every employee, we meet with every shift, so every employee is in there. We usually we usually have a present a brief business update so they know what's going on, and then we basically open the floor for them to make comments on things they like, things they don't like, things they'd like to see changed. Um, and it, it, it gives, it, it puts, and, and there are no supervisors or middle management in those meetings. So it's, they, they can feel free to talk about whatever they want, you know, without their supervised, their direct supervisor or somebody sitting there sort of taking notes. And we've, you know, we've gotten a lot of positive feedback from that. The employees seem more engaged in the business. Um, and, you know, that's really helped us sort of with the blue-collar workforce. And then we've just recently started uh, a global leadership initiative, which is a management training program for people from supervisors up to up to the CEO. And we, we're doing that in the U.K. and the U.S. Um, and so there's team building, there's management skills, and that's really that's really helped the uh, employee engagement as well. So we're, what we're trying to do is as best we can for business our size is to is – to, have everybody feel like they've got a stake in the business and are engaged and, and have a positive, hopefully positive effect on the performance and outcome of the business. Alan Hockey, the CFO of Service Master, joined us a while back. At the time, he quickly connected the dots for us between a customer service organization and an engaged workforce. Here I am teeing up our workforce question for Alan. When it comes to the workforce, uh, are there certain priorities that you as a finance leader have today? Well, if I think about, actually, yes, but I'm, I don't know what I'm giving the sort of answer you expect to this question. Uh, Service Master 
employs, particularly in Terminex, a vast workforce of, of technicians, uh, test technicians that go out and service people in their homes. And one of the realities we have to face is that the test technician marches to the beat of the pay plan. However, whatever drumbeat that pay plan um, puts in place is the way they're going to behave. So it's a classic example of not quite you get what you measure, but you will get you will get the behavior that you're paying people to demonstrate. And that's, that's very significant to us. And we have to pay very close attention to the way in which we reward people to demonstrate the kind of high service uh, behaviors that we want them to when they're out in the field. Um, having said that, one of the obviously the key metrics we look at in a service-based business is employee retention and employee turnover. Uh, so we, we do try to make sure that we take into account the, the needs of, of our workforce so that we maintain high employee retention. And this is not only because of the cost of acquisition. That's not what I care about. There is a clear correlation between customer retention and employee retention in our business. So the higher our employee retention is, the, the more likely a customer is to be, to be greeted by a technician who enjoys their work, knows what they're doing, and fills the customer with a sense of the job well done, and that customer then renews. So if we put employee retention high on our set of priorities, we significantly improve our chances of retaining our customers, which is what it's all about. Thought Leader listeners, don't go anywhere. I have one more question for Pete Childs, CFO of Workfront, right after these words from our sponsor. You want smart, clear, and honest guidance to help you meet the financial goals of your middle market business. With U.S. Bank, you have a partner who will help you find the right solutions to help your organization reduce payment costs, enhance control, improve cash flow, and expand your spend visibility. U.S. Bank's dedication to making ethical decisions and doing the right thing is at the heart of what they do, and their efforts haven't gone unnoticed. They've been named a 2017 World's Most Ethical Company for the third consecutive year by the Ethisphere Institute. To learn more, visit uspayment.com slash middle market. Can you perhaps, uh, when it comes to uh, Workfront's workforce and its people challenges, and talent's always, always challenging, um, could you share what you're paying attention to, what you're looking at to measure uh, the effectiveness of the workforce? We're always looking at benchmarking. Um, not that every company is made equal, but when we're looking at your peer group and what other company is doing is, you know, uh, uh, you know, in terms of cost per a, a certain type of a head or ratios of, of heads to sales, those are the, the measures that we look at quite often as we're doing that right now as we speak as we prepare for our 2017 budgets. You, you look at ratios between departments. As we, at, as we look at our marketing group, uh, the number of people, heads that we have in marketing that are focused on, on, on marketing programs compared to our number of quarter-burning sales reps. I mean, that's, that's a ratio that we look at, and if we're getting it around in one versus the other, we might need to cut back somewhere or, or increase somewhere else. Um, but this is, it's a constant process that we're going through. It, it never stops and never rests.
Hi, it's Jack Sweeney with a quick note that CFO Thought Leader now has a quarterly print magazine. That's right, print. Each issue will profile 25 different CFOs. Let me repeat that, 25 CFOs. Other uh, print publications are lucky if they're able to bring you five CFOs per issue. What we understand is that you want to consume content in multiple ways. But wait a minute, there's something more here. We wanted this print magazine to be a podcast companion. So when you receive it, we want you to quickly thumb through it and maybe identify which episodes you have missed. We want you to dog ear those pages, as well as uh, perhaps the pages that feature CFOs from episodes you already listened to but found maybe a little extra value from. 12 months later, you will have a library of 100 CFO profiles highlighted with your insights or comments alongside the CFO thought leaders. Now, how much are we charging for this one-of-a-kind 100 CFO profile library? Annual subscriptions are $119. We think that's reasonable. We thought about it a little bit, but that's, that's what we came up with. Uh, visit us and subscribe to CFO Thought Leader magazine at cfothoughtleader.com, where the future of finance is listening.